Good morning, everybody, and today is February 2nd, 2018, and as you can tell, I'm just waking up. <laughs> um, so today is all about ayahuasca and eating disorders, and um, I've been reading a lot of articles on how ayahuasca has assisted in uh, treating eating disorders, and um, you know, that's this is all really preliminary and infant uh, clinical research, um, meaning that it has not been done, uh, it has not been replicated. I'm pretty sure those studies haven't been double blind. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, there's room for debate still, of course, um, as ayahuasca grows into a magnificent um, potential for helping people um, with many chronic uh, dis-ease, right? So diseases, dis-ease, discomfort in themselves. And so I was reading about this study that was out of Canada and they had, um, you know, a good handful of participants in the study uh, who had anorexia nervosa and bulimia. So anorexia nervosa is like uh, lots of restricting uh, behaviors, um, often denying oneself of what they need or uh like nutrition wise um out of fear and then bulimia nervosa is often um episodic with um uh restricting and binging and and uh restricting binging and also uh purging so purging can come in the form of you know throwing up one's food or exercising too much and um the two can coincide with each other. Um, however, there's like to get a quote unquote diagnosis, um, there has to be a dominant behavior. So, um, and a dominant uh, mental, uh, like obsessive, compulsive um, framework as well. So, um, however, if you can keep in mind that like eating disorders are not just like born out of thin air, right? It's it is a fear-based program, so to speak, that's happening in, in one's body because the person feels like they they have to because of some negative core belief. And, um, you know, like, I'm not good enough, or I have to be perfect, or um, I'm not lovable. You know, these are the underlining programs that are running these, these other outward manifestations. Um, and later on this month, we'll talk about addictions too, which is, it's very similar. So, um, so the study kind of showed some pretty, uh, promising things, which was like, um, reduction in eating disorder behaviors. And these are the other things that I actually thought were more imp important was like a change in the perspective of self and the change in the, uh, perception of body and how, one was able to regulate their emotions. Um, one participant said that she, for the first time in her life, could feel like she could identify how much she was neglecting her body and she wasn't nourishing it. And she felt nourished for the first time in ceremony, which, you know, the other thing I appreciated about this study is that it was actually, um, you know, it was said to be in ceremonial context. Um, so they use the traditional way in the study. 
And I find that very interesting. Um, I need to contact whoever <laughs> was in Canada. And, um, you know, I think even the article had said, like, there is something to doing things this way that is affecting people. So I want to do more research in how that actually um, played a role in the participants' um, approach with the medicine and with themselves. Um, you know, it's there is this sacredness that I am curious about, like when one approaches things with reverence and intention, like how it kind of really changes their perception of themselves and their world. Um, oh man, I just noticed my media was down really low this whole time that I was doing this. But anyway, so, um, hopefully you guys can hear me. If not, I may re-record re is what I was saying. And it sounds like you guys can hear me fine. So anyway, um, so yeah, I know this study kind of shows a lot of things that I've suspected for a really long time with, um, in terms of ayahuasca and eating disorders. Um, and I think kind of like going in with the intention of healing, you're really going to have all your, um, you know, your, your intention is amplified, you know, um, and you're really seeking healing. So I think there is something to that too. Um, because, you know, if you're asking for it, if you're asking for deep levels of healing, um, you probably will receive it, you know, and I, and I don't believe that it only took, you know, the ladies or the men who participated in the study, I'm sure there was like, uh, uh, it did mention some sort of aftercare program that they attended. So I thought that was good, but you know, like this is, this is going back to a podcast that I said earlier that, you know, ayahuasca isn't a cure. Um, just like anything is not a cure, you know, there's multiple things that help people and, you know, this isn't, this is also not a, uh, a, a pot, you know, a, a, uh, you know, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, this, this doesn't mean like, oh, run out and go do ayahuasca, you know, um, you do your own research, you know, and, um, listen to some of my other podcasts and that sort of thing. But, I talk about this because for a long time in my own life, I, I struggled years and years and years and years and years with eat, like an eating disorder. And, um, I mean, I had every, I guess you could like every single one in the DSM that you could find. And then some, you know, like I just, I could turn anything to do with food or exercise into this like super obsessive goal that could never be attained because of, I, you know, I had really deep perfectionism because really my core belief was I'm not lovable. And it took a really long time to shed the layers of the coping skill, which was the eating disorder, and then shed the layers of the negative core belief. Um, because these things do take time and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, no one expects anybody to enter into recovery and just change overnight. But it can be, you know, really, I know there's people out there because of whatever, you know, like bullying, the pressure of society, the magazines that you're seeing, like, it started very young for me. It started at age 11, you know, 
and there's there's so much more I could go into about this, but um, the years that it has, you know, I think in the past I would have said, like, the years that it robbed me from, but I also kind of look at it now, like, as a way for me to help others, but um, it really robbed years of joy for my life because I was literally, like, I was just telling someone yesterday, I literally felt like I was chained to this. Like, even as an adult, I was just, like, earlier this year, I was continuing to cope with the residuals of this. And then even till this day, you know, like, I still have little stuff that, like, come up for me, but it's not, it's not as of a big deal as it was maybe when, you know, I was 18, you know. So, um... I really saw some of the things that they had said in this study, like that could really be helpful for somebody. Um, at least as working in a catalyst, you know, to really help someone connect with who they actually are, you know, and understanding that. Um, yeah, I also read this in the study that ayahuasca helped them connect more with who they actually are. So when you understand that, like, that doesn't, your disease doesn't, it starts to lose its effect because you have more knowledge of who you are, who you really are. You know, you're not unlovable. You're this infinite, wise um, soul that it has been here before. And um, so you just kind of get this information that begins to contradict your own program. And it, it just kind of doesn't fit anymore because it's kind of like once you have that wisdom, like we were talking about yesterday, you can't really go back. So, um, so yeah. Um, and just to kind of go off on a tangent for a second, like we, I'm shuffling the cards. We live in a society of not just like eating disorder behavior. Well, I guess, I mean, that is what I'm trying to say, but like we have a major diet culture that is just killing people um and killing people not in the i'm uh, not in the literal sense but like killing their souls you know like i used to be really obsessed with looking a certain way and once i just realized i'm like you know what i love myself for who i am and what i look like a lot of things changed for me um I mean, I, like, I'm not immune to any of this, you know, but we just really live in this country of, like, you need to look this certain way, and, like, this is what you need to be doing, and, um, and the, and the, I mean, the truth is, you can look however you want, and you can do whatever you want. You don't need to do anything that anyone tells you, you know, unless you want to, you know, unless you want to. There's nothing wrong with change. It's all about loving yourself throughout the process. So, um, I think, you know, I can, I guess I'll just go on a small rant about that, but it's just like very, um, it's, uh, it's toxic. It is so toxic. How many, um, you know, anyway, I could, I could seriously go on and on about this. So I'm just going to stop right there. So, but in the end, it's like all about, you know, if you, if you take care of the spirit, a lot of things are taken care of. So, um, yes, connecting with your soul and understanding what that is versus the ego.
Okay, so I'm pulling from the Native Spirit cards again, um, which I've been pulling from. So I'm pulling two cards again. So, and the first one is Storyteller, and the second one is Freedom Horse. Storyteller and Freedom Horse. So let's see what it has to say. So card meaning live larger than life make the most of every experience you can choose the meaning that you give events find interpretations that empower you rather than diminish you be a storyteller and the hero of your own life give your personal story empowering meanings around the evening campfire clan members always looked forward to the storyteller recounting events of the daily happenings of the tribe even the most mundane event took the vibrancy in the expert hands and experience of the experienced storyteller the storyteller card chose you to remind you to be the champion of your own personal myth be the central character don't live life according to the needs and expectations of others don't be a player in your own story take an event in your life that gave you disempowering meaning and find a way to rescript it so that the interpretation of the same story is one which you are the hero. That's awesome. And then um, I'll get to, I'll get to interpreting that in a second. So and then the other one is Freedom Horse because I often think with the cards together make a whole meaning. So hold on. Okay. So Freedom Horse. So let your spirit fly. Do not hold back. Break free and express yourself. Flaunt your stuff. Dance, express, explore, and laugh. And go beyond predictable behavior. Get out of the rut. You don't need to fit in the mold. Be daring. Fling your arms to the heavens. Enjoy. Your horse allowed, the horse allowed the Native Americans and the Mongolia to travel to great distances with ease. The horse also carried their supplies, which additionally granted freedom to those ancient peoples, this card chose you to remind you that you aren't here to be ordinary, but to step beyond limitations and self-imposed boundaries. Don't allow yourself to be trapped by convention or the expectations of others. You have the ability to choose your life on your terms. Replace the phrase, I should, with I could, but I choose not to at this time. Perhaps you aren't always free to create the exact circumstances of your life, but you're certainly able to decide what meaning you give those situations. Select meanings that empower you for this time to break free. The way you use your body can change your state. Put on music with wild abandon. As you do so, this sends a powerful message to your subconscious that you're indeed truly free. So I think really like, um, yeah, being free to live the life you want to live. I mean, we've been talking about this too, and this is interesting how it comes up yesterday. It was talking about, uh, kind of crushing, limiting beliefs and fears. And then these two are coming up today to kind of remind us that, you know, I said it earlier to this a couple of days ago about, um, being the uh being the role writer of your own life um and like whatever it is that you want knowing that you know it, there's a saying uh expect the best and get it 
And it's funny because even till this day, I'm like skeptical of that. But anytime I've ever set an intention to get something that I want and I have, you know, followed through, um, it's happened, you know. So I think sometimes we we doubt ourselves because we're not actually scared of our fears, but we're actually scared of it happening. You know, like we're more scared of our power than our um, disempower, you know, like fear of success. Um, like what's going to happen if, if, uh, if this does happen, you know? So yeah, taking time to kind of, you know, be aware of your thoughts and like what you're telling yourself because it is powerful. Um, and I really want to thank anyone who is continuing to, you know, listen to this or just pops in every now and then, like whatever, you know, you're telling your friends about this or I don't know what people do. Um, so I really appreciate, um, you continuing to support me. So I'm going to try to get lots of editing done on this documentary this weekend because we have a film festival in March and I really want the trailer to be done by then. So that is my goal. Um, I will see you guys back here tomorrow on January, or you guys, February 2nd, 2018. That's February 2nd, 2018. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Friday.